Welcome to The Strong Room, presented by Macmillan Estate Planning. I'm Herb Hamm. Our program today focuses on three timely topics that impact many estate plans. Investments, the family cottage, and U.S. tax laws. We begin with trusted estate planning specialist Sherry McMillan noting the legislation that covers investments in Canada. Sherry is in conversation with Peter Watts of News Talk 770. In Canada, we actually have two acts in which we can invest within. One of them is called the Bank Act, and many of us are familiar with that. So it's the traditional way I would suggest you 90 to 95% of us have always done. We... Um, created this legislation back when the banks were helping farmers create their farm operation, maybe lending them a mortgage, and then if the farmer did really well, giving the money back um, in a GIC kind of account. And then back then, mutual funds were created and so on and so forth. And so when the Bank Act uh, was written, it was really written to protect, of course, the bank. And so the Act says within it, from a legal point of view, that any asset base that I have within the Bank Act will be considered a public estate for the purposes of creditors through my life and in the year of passing in my will. So you'll notice in your will, for example, um, about the fourth or fifth clause, it always says, pay all my creditors and then pay my beneficiaries. The problem with this is the word creditor today has morphed. So if I'm in a car accident, if I have um, an issue in the U.S., if I'm on a board of directors and I have a measure of liability, and I'm an entrepreneur is another common one that would create liability for myself, then all of a sudden, if I put my RSPs, my cash accounts in my company, my investments that I'm planning to utilize for my retirement in the bank system, I've exposed them as a public asset. And the other piece of the puzzle is they don't naturally transfer to our loved ones that most people would think they do. Uh, They have to go through a court order called probate. And that can take, in Alberta currently, about 18 months for that value to come. And then the other true risk, of course, is unless you're prepared to buy something exceptionally conservative, There's a cap on your guarantee. So all the market risk is shouldered by us as a consumer. So if my portfolio starts at a million dollars and the stock market crashes to 800 and I pass that on in my lifespan or when I pass to my family, I ultimately have $800,000. So that particular legislation has been growing and adapting through time. And unfortunately, the language around it is quite dangerous for us as families. Meantime, the Trust Act which is very different from the Bank Act, was written over a 100 years ago to help protect women who were not legal citizens in Canada at the time. And so it wasn't acceptable for our husbands to give us the farm, the GICs, the life insurance they may have. They couldn't do so in law. So what they would do alternatively is they would give it in control to a trust company who would then stipend and supervise, you know, our income through life, me, the children, and so on and so forth. Now, thankfully, um, because of that, the way they authored the trust law is very unique. And you'll see this traditionally also in insurance policies. But if you look at trust law, how it says is this, any asset base I hold for the benefit in trust for someone else is always a lawsuit and private and protected through my lifespan. And again, when I die, because there's an automatic beneficiary attached to that asset base. And so this now envelopes 
asset bases and protects them from that point of view. Now, that being said, I'm really grateful, actually, out of all of that silver lining is the fact that this legislation now exists for us in modern society. And so if I, for example, buy a GIC through the Bank Act of Canada, I'm exposed. If I buy the same GIC, however, through the Trust Act, I am not. And so all of a sudden, I'm in a completely different power position for retirement. So our rule of thumb in the office is to always protect at least enough of your wealth that you're safeguarded, that your retirement income stream is going to be under the umbrella of trust laws rather than the umbrella of bank laws. And by doing that, we know that whatever kind of risk that you might find that is going to happen in life, it won't be associated with your asset base. Now, the beauty of this is this. There's also a privilege in trust law that we just cannot access through bank law, and that is our principal becomes guaranteed, and not at those little caps of 100000 that we all understand to be true today. We're talking millions of dollars, it is guaranteed, and the government regulates this in trust law, so we can feel assured that you know, we are going to experience stock market corrections through the course of decades ahead because we're going to live a long time in retirement. But what we don't want is that we're worried about, will that give me enough value to protect my retirement income? And then what we do um, and have the privilege to do in Canada in trusts is that as you make profit, because thankfully, as much as there'll be bad times in markets, there will be good. And so when there are good times in the markets, we can go back through the trust arms and refreeze the estate values of those higher levels when you've earned. So let's say you had a million dollars and you earn 5%. Well, now you have a million 50. Well, now we re-guarantee it at a million 50 in the estate rather than just leaving it open to the market corrections in the future. So you can see why this is such a wonderful privilege for us in Canada. I was reading about last year, I believe it was, Peter, in the Globe. And it was saying that in Canada now today, more affluence is being directed towards trust law investment planning than it is bank law. In fact, more dollars are going into that direction. But of course, it's families that have affluence that are pursuing trusts. And so they're taking advantage of this fabulous opportunity. You give us an example or two from your own client base, if you can, um, particularly for women, because there are a lot of women who are on their own for whatever reason. Uh, and this is this is important stuff for them. It is certainly important. And I would say um, the younger generations of women, in my experience, are more apt to pay attention to investment designs and planning. But I would say the elderly generation, on average, not always, but on average, just don't have the same vested interest as maybe their partner does, their husband. Um, but interestingly enough, I think it applies to all of us. So in my two decades of practice, you know, I've worked with many engineers and accountants, and I adore them because... They always try and beat the market and they do their spreadsheets and they work daily at it and many of them do a great job, Peter, but after working with them in trust law for those windows of time, you know, a decade or two, they come to realize that because investment planning that is guaranteed um, and being able to freeze over time, they start to get really excited about it. And I've found that over the years, um, more and more of those types of folks as well really appreciate the area of trust planning. And I find that as everyone ages a decade, they're like, just get it safe. And, you know, I'm happy if it earns that 8 or 10 or 5% every year and I can freeze it. And then I know that's really part of my retirement and it's really part of my estate for my loved ones. 
Protecting your investments for retirement will be a key theme at the upcoming Life and Legacy Seminar Sherry McMillan will be hosting Thursday evening, June 25th. You can register online at macmillanestate.com. When we come back after this short break, Sherry's timely insights on the family cottage. This is The Strong Room. <music> 